Welcome to this summer edition of the Barcelona Virtual Podcast on European Marketing and Innovation. In our 52nd episode, we'll be taking a deep dive into deep tech, with a focus on innovation in Germany, and especially in its capital, Berlin. Ah, those cool summer breezes. And it might surprise you to know that Berlin was especially sunny during our recent visit, which, by the way, are those waves I hear? Are you connecting from the beach, Sonia? Oh, I thought perhaps you wouldn't notice. I hope that's okay. You know how lovely Barcelona is in the summer. And actually, it fits in a way with today's topic, don't you think? If you mean the sound of the surf crashing and the sheer immensity of the sea, then yes, I do understand the metaphor. When I went to Berlin's annual Deep Tech Awards with Lorenz, our international developer, we both literally did a deep dive into the very latest German tech innovations. We share many of those discoveries in the program notes for this episode, which is Season 5, Episode 6. Our listeners and viewers can find them on our blog at blog.bvirtual.com. And check out our live session videos on the new BV YouTube channel. Paul, what stood out for you in Berlin? Well, not only did we learn about Berlin's overriding ambition to become Europe's number one innovation hub, we also saw some very interesting applications and learned about the peculiar strengths and weaknesses that Germany has in this competitive arena. That surprises me, I must say. For me, anything made in Germany is the absolute symbol of quality. And I'd have to agree. When I think of global innovation, Germany comes as a close second for me. Right after the United States. In many ways, you're right, George. And I saw that amazing video you've put up on the blog with the Daimler-Benz concept car of the 2040s. Still, after researching this topic, I found that even the Germans have an Achilles heel. Though I agree with you, Caleb, I do think that German innovation is predestined to impact the world. After all, they have a new ingredient in their secret sauce. Now you have my attention. Something to do with curry. No, not at all, Gary, although I'll be the first to admit that I love a good curry voice when I'm in Berlin. I'm talking about the mysterious KI factor. The following content is brought to you by the BV Innovation Lab. Voice services, AI, virtual reality, and neuromarketing are only a few of the ways we help you innovate in a safe space. To learn more, go to lab. .bvirtual.com. That's lab.bvirtual.com. At the BV Innovation Lab, we bring you the future today. Before the break, it was very clear that Germany is admired as an innovation leader amongst the members of our own team. Caleb, why don't you unpack a bit more about that with the preparatory background or research you've done? Fantastisch. These figures are pretty impressive. To begin with, according to World Bank statistics, German high-tech exports reached 158.2 billion euros in 2020. In terms of patents for new inventions, that same year, 20,056 German patents were approved by the European Patent Office. If we consider the traditional Franco-German rivalry, that is more than twice as much as the French. That's true. But in the interest of fair, objective reporting, it should also be noted that in 2019, Germany was still beaten by three other countries in a similar ranking. Which ones, Caleb? That would also be interesting. That would be in the case of the number of what are called triadic patent applications. 
That means those filed in the respective patent offices of the United States, the EU, and Japan. In that ranking, the Federal Republic occupied fourth place, behind Switzerland, Japan, and Sweden. I do find that fascinating if we consider such rankings a barometer of innovation. Even a casual observer can see that those four countries all have very different ecosystems for innovating. An excellent observation, George. Very intriguing. I agree. Good eye, George. Caleb, why do you think the Germans generate so many new ideas and inventions? Clichés and stereotypes about them would seem to disagree. Let me just give you one data point, which is pretty amazing, and I think you'll understand why. 24% of the scientists in the EU live and work in Germany. They're lured by a well-developed university R&D infrastructure. If we take the famous Max Planck Gesellschaft as just one example, their researchers currently cooperate with scientists in more than 110 countries. That is most definitely part of Germany's DNA and legacy. It's been historically known as a country of Dichter und Denker, poets and thinkers. However, as we'll see later, it's a double-edged sword, a virtue and a vice. At Affinita, we are local everywhere. Na Affinita, somos locais em todos os lugares. Mit Affinita, sind wir einfach überall. Zai Affinita, uno uchu buzai. Ad Affinita, siamo locali ovunque. Fu Affinita, evi locala überalt. En Affinita, somos locales en todas partes. Che Affinita, nous sommes locaux partout. At Affinita, we are local everywhere. I recall that wonderful clip for Affinitar, our international agency network. We debuted that in episode two of this year. Did Affinitar have something to do with the visit you and Lawrence made to Berlin? Yes, it, it actually did. The Deep Tech Awards have been celebrated for the past eight years, and during more than half that time, our colleagues at Uhura, our German Affinitar agency, have organized the event. So, when they invited us, we just couldn't say no. What is Deep Tech, exactly? The Deep Tech Star Award is given each year by the Regional Government of Berlin, the Senat. This year, Franziska Giffey, Senator for Economic Affairs, Energy and Businesses, gave the prize to five Berlin-based companies in five different categories. These were Artificial Intelligence, Social and Sustainable Impact, and Web3, including DLT, Blockchain, NFT, and Metaverse. Those first three categories were completed by awards for two more, IoT slash Industry 4.0, and IT Security. When he returned, Lawrence told me he was truly impressed by the senator, as well as the event in general. That strange praise from a Gen Z programmer, and for a politician, no less. I totally know what you mean, George. These days, politicians typically read off a canned speech, smile for that all-important photo, then they disappear into their limos. I was also pleasantly surprised by Francisca Giffey. Not only did she give an introductory keynote on Berlin's determination to be the number one European innovation hub, she also stayed for the entire event, handing out the prizes to each and every winner, and then chatting and networking with the audience. We've included a short excerpt of her speech in the blog post for this episode in the program notes. It's at blog.bevirtual.com. Thanks, Caleb. You told us earlier that it was also surprising to see what kinds of projects were recognized the most. Lawrence mentioned healthcare, for example. Yes, that was remarkable. Time will not permit me to fully mention everything here. 
yet we've also included the details about the winners and their products in the program notes. For my part, Paul, if you don't mind me interjecting here, I was pleased to see that three of the five winners focused on improving people's lives, specifically in geriatric care and in women's health. That's true, Carrie. While at the same time, the other two presented innovations in crypto and ledger technology, as well as cybersecurity, traditionally viewed as German strong points. Yet, it was a very human side of caring for our elderly and seeking solutions for real-life health problems that led the way. An interesting look at the face and heart of young German innovators of the 21st century. Paul, you and our long-time listeners know me well. Whilst the ending of the second segment was both warm and inspiring, I'm missing something. Where is that secret source? And by that, I mean the more strategic side of German innovation. I just might shock you all for once. I agree with George. You keep saying that an innovation Germany is both strong and yet also weak. How can that be? And what exactly is that KI factor, that secret ingredient you mentioned? Whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, everyone. Uh, hold on a bit. We'll get there uh, step by step. I am gratified to see such interest in the topic. Getting back to the subject of the quote-unquote German Achilles heel in innovation, I was impacted by the two deep tech keynotes in Berlin made by highly qualified speakers. On the one hand, Professor Dr. Bastian Hallecker from the German Deep Tech Institute provided a sweeping yet practical overview of the Berlin technology and startup ecosystem. And on the other, Dr. Tina Klüver of the Keats Artificial Intelligence Entrepreneur Center. She's worked for over 20 years in AI and is an advisor on the topic to German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Impressive. Yes, George. And to quote the great German poet himself, Goethe, Gray, dear friend, is all theory, and green, life's golden tree. In other words, they were both refreshingly practical. Once again, it's impossible to condense their presentations into a satisfying shorthand, so I'll highlight the key points. And I do urge all our listeners to take a look at the photos and charts Caleb has uploaded to the blog post for this episode. Count on it. Now, call me impatient Paul. But can we start with Germany's secret ingredient, the KI factor? Yes, well, I think you've waited long enough. As you all know, I love languages, and sometimes it's fun to play with them a bit. KI in German is simply Künstliche Intelligenz, also known as AI, none other than artificial intelligence. Yet, lest anyone should feel let down, please let me explain why AI, or its German moniker KI, is indeed the secret ingredient. Please go on. We'll stir the secret sauce right after the break. When we speak of AI in this context, we should again begin with the data. Thanks to Caleb for his help on this. The conclusion of a survey by the internet platform Startup Detector is that the number of new startups in Germany is back on the rise. Caleb? That's right. Their study shows that 1,293 startups were founded in the first half of this year, up 16% over 2022. New startups in Berlin recorded a 40% increase. And the same thing happened with new companies in Hamburg, Germany's second largest city. And there's one growth sector that stands out, KI, or artificial intelligence, as you already know. According to Applied AI, 
an industry organization, the number of German AI startups is up 67% year on year. Still, Paul, let me play devil's advocate. This is happening all over the world, I imagine. So why should that make AI a secret ingredient? A very legitimate point. And I can assure you that I'm not just trying to be cute with language for the sake of this episode. Let's say in a previous life, I lived and worked in high tech in Germany, in Munich, as well as in Berlin and Hamburg. So call it informed intuition, but I truly feel that the link-up of AI with Germany's rigor, intellectual genetics historically, and a world-class research infrastructure will prove to be a very potent combination. Two data points from Dr. Tina Kluver, the AI expert. Number one, 60% of German AI startups do their own primary research. And two, she quotes a Goldman Sachs analysis from this past April, predicting that AI tools could drive a 7% or almost $7 trillion increase in global GDP and lift productivity 1.5% during the next decade. In my opinion, much of that could be potentially driven by Germany. I'm beginning to see the value of closely listening to your words, Paul. As you use the term, potentially, you're steering us right towards the other key point, aren't you? Germany's potential to actually lose the innovation race. Am I correct? <laughs> Observant as always, George. Spot on. Well then, I'll chime in again. What is the reason behind this uncertainty? To answer you, I'll need to definitely move between information shared by Dr. Kluver and her co-speaker, Dr. Halleker. As you'll see, if you consult the program notes on our blog, Bastian Halleker has a gift for transmitting a great deal of data in a very user-friendly, practical way. So here are a few highlights. One, for starters, in his words, we've passed through five phases since the 1980s, from PC to web to mobile to cloud, now arriving at deep tech. Two, some of the areas he includes as deep tech include blockchain, AI, quantum computing, biotech, drones and robotics, space tech, and believe me, more. And finally, three, he also showed a flourishing AI landscape in Berlin covering several of these deep tech sectors. As an AI expert who advises the German chancellor, what does Dr. Kluver have to say about this? Does she agree? Let's remain with Dr. Halleker for a moment, if you don't mind, and then we'll answer your question, George. At this important juncture, his country is extremely strong in research. Yet, what he points to as a key German vulnerability are precisely those areas captured by the Americans, sales, marketing, as well as their prowess in scaling up investments. That latter point can clearly be seen in the American dominance in global big tech. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, Google, and more. The list goes on and on. Yeah, it really does. What interested me in Berlin was Dr. Kluver's understanding, as an academic, of the difficulty of getting a mastodon to move at the, quote, speed of now, unquote, a term coined years ago by another leader of innovation, McDonald's. Caleb, could you share those points, please? Be glad to. She points to the youth and freshness of German startups, who tend to be around three years old, with 2.75 people on staff, usually as founders. Their biggest challenges are financing at 57%. And then, just as Bastian said, achieving product market fit at 
And finally, she points to a major disconnect between startups and Germany's renowned research infrastructure, citing that 75% of the innovation potential from German research facilities remains unused. I sincerely hope that we've been able to achieve a valuable knowledge transfer from Berlin directly to this podcast, especially for our German listeners. And we'd like to thank Kai, Margarita, Josie, and Mel at Uhura in Berlin for that excellent edition of the Deep Tech event. Before we close, let's check in with Sonia. Uh, how are things at the beach? Have you been listening? Yes, I have Paul, and it's been super interesting. In fact, it just so happens that there are a few Germans right in front of me here. But they seem to be innovating more in kite surfing. Well, I, I really hope they have a great vacation and who knows, perhaps they'll return from Spain with their batteries recharged and produce the next big innovation from Germany. Thanks to everyone for joining us here in Barcelona. Remember to check out our podcast directory at podcast.bevirtual.com. You'll find five seasons with over 50 episodes, including very interesting chats with European innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. And don't forget to look for the videos of our live sessions, available on the Barcelona Virtual YouTube channel, as well as in the program notes on our blog. Thanks for listening and until next time, adios from Spain. This flash briefing is brought to you by Barcelona Virtual, a European internet pioneer. To visit us, type the letter B together with virtual.com. That's bvirtual.com. Thank you.